You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk, where the only thing Kyle can put on next is going to be more patriotic is a full-blown Captain America suit. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. The shield is my favorite part. Yeah. I mean, if I had one of those, it would be on next episode for sure. Well, I can tell you I had my third and fourth kids because I wore a Captain America con- uh, outfit on a Friday night one time. Well, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Anyhow. Uh. <laughs> so let's continue talking about what we talked about last episode of Shop Talk, where we were getting Good. into a little bit about these drivers and the the driver situation. And I think there's a couple things. So we were talking about driver selection criteria and how important that is. But one of the things that I didn't bring up is sometimes you got to be a little bit more forceful with your client. Sometimes you want what's right for them more than they want what's right for them because they just don't get it. They understand what revenue coming in the front door looks like, but Mm -hmm. it seems like an awful short-sighted decision so many times that they want to bring in, you know, somebody that's such a bad driver. There's ramifications to that too, though. I mean, it's not just, it's not just that you're bringing in a bad driver. If you end up having that driver that you lobbied to get added, or let's just say that you brought them in and never had them added to the policy and you let them drive your vehicle mm-hmm. anyhow. When you move from like negligence to gross negligence, it's a pretty significant move that's going to cost you everything at that point, yeah. right? Because I can promise you, if somebody were to come in to the agency and subpoena records over email conversations or anything that I have given in terms of advice to a client who didn't listen to that advice and subsequently did exactly what I told them not to do, Mm -hmm. they're going to have a problem because I have a record of making those recommendations to everybody. And yeah. I don't want to see you know my clients get into a bad spot, but it's really important that you let people know that sometimes you have to get you have to argue with them to give them the best advice possible for their business. And you can there's been times where I've been sarcastic about it and just said, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was under the impression you hired me because you wanted me to give you the best risk management advice that you that you could <laughs> get to to grow your business profitably." 
you know. Well, sometimes people get in like these things where they they'll like they'll at like my 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 wife. People on her team will ask her questions all the time of like advice or like how they should handle a particular situation, and then she gives them her advice on that, and they just do the complete opposite. And a lot of times, people people ask the question or ask for advice or help in a situation hoping that they are going to hear the answer that they want to hear from you. And when they don't, they just continue to do what they wanted to do all along. My, my, my sister-in-law does this all the time. Relationship advice is the worst. Yeah, right. Where people and that's like, a perfect example, man, because th- that, that's probably where it happens the most, honestly. Don't talk to that Kyle Howe. He's a bad He's, he's a bad total boy. red flag, total red flag. Yeah. And then, you know, Next right. thing you know, your wife marries you. Next thing you know, yeah, exactly. You've got a two-year-old and whatever. But um, <laughs> catch the yeah, I don't know, man. I wonder if like... <laughs> what? You catch the uh, 3.30 from San yeah. Diego. Two I, nude I, people I, jump out of your closet. <laughs> I, I think um, I don't know, man. It's a little bit weird. Like you, you, you've got certain people that just think that, oh, that's not going to happen to me, or I haven't had any claims, so you know we're we're going to be good. Like I don't have to worry about this. Like and and they just want to risk it. But they, I, like you can tell them on on the front end what the risks are and what could happen, and they're going to just think that oh, they're just trying to scare me to get me to you know buy more insurance or do this or that. And and I mean. I don't I don't know how you get around that sometimes. I mean, sometimes people are just stuck in that mindset and there may not be anything that you can do or say that's going to get them out of that. Mm, there you go. I don't know, man. I don't I don't understand like I I just have a hard time understanding how you couldn't have your business's best interest in mind. I mean, for me, it's not even about the money that it could cost me as much as it is that I've got other families that are depending on me to make the right yeah, decisions. Right. You know, and with something like a driver, like it's not like them. It's not like adding that driver to the policy or, or, or whatever is going to cost them a bunch of money. It's not going to change the premium. Like it's not going to. Hey, here's a little gonna... litmus test for you, people. Look at that driver. Ask him to send over a recent photo. Would you let this person stay with your kids? Like, <laughs> just like, look at him. If they would, if you wouldn't let a babysit your kids, why are you hiring him to drive? I mean, yeah. it's it's true. Like I actually gave that advice to a guy in Killing Commercial one time who was calling on an auto dealership. And they needed, he said they really need EPLI and the owner won't understand it. The owner doesn't understand why I think they need it, specifically third party endorsement and everything else. I'm like, when you're sitting in his office, I can assure you, if it's in like any other car dealership, you're going to see the entire lot from his office, right? And he's mm. like, yeah, I said, get there early, find the shadiest guy that you can find that's pimping cars on the lot. I'm, I'm talking teal sport coat, extra wide tie. Oof. Like one floppy pair of shoes away from being a clown. <laughs> Find that guy. And when you're in your meeting, point to him and say, would you let that guy babysit your children for a long weekend? Right. And if the answer is no, then why don't you think you need third-party EPLI? Because he's probably hitting on every soccer mom that comes on the lot making inappropriate remarks or whatever else. Sure. Sometimes yeah. you have to use the old shock and awe like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. But I think I think the big thing is having the driver selection criteria is one part. But the other thing is too many people are pencil whipping 
fleet safety programs and fleet management programs. They, they say, oh, yeah, we have that because they, they think it's going to get them credits on their auto insurance. And in many cases, it probably will. Or it could be the difference between them getting written or not getting written or the mm-hmm. difference between being in, you know, the 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 premier company versus the, the standard company standard, or whatever, yeah. like we deal with sometimes with auto owners. Mm-hmm. Could be a difference, but... They need to be actually executing on this stuff. And that's the thing. Like, you need to have training for these people. You need to let them know. But you can't train if you don't have a standard and you don't have a company policy that surrounds this stuff. Right? Right. Yep. You just can't do it. And so the first thing any of these companies needs to do is they need to have a formal fleet safety program in place. And part of that program is guess what? Driver selection criteria, just like we talked about on the last episode. But the other piece of it is you need to have a disciplinary policy around it. And I mean, we can talk about training and things like that. And that's what we'll get into in the next episode. But Mm -hmm. as far as, as far as like the disciplinary policy, you have to let people know what the consequences are going to be. This is really kind of a black and white issue to me. There's no real gray area there, except I will tell you that I have an account that has the GPS stuff in the cabs of the trucks, and they were driving mm-hmm. on the top shelf of the Crosstown, and it had them flagged as running a red light on Adamo Drive below. Ah, that's interesting. Which, if you think about it, I don't know that we ever... I've never really thought about it, but we have no. the double-decker highway here that hmm. leads from Brandon into the city, and GPS, I don't necessarily think, takes into consideration that you're off the ground that much. So Obviously not. That's interesting. I've ne- that has never crossed my mind before. Yeah, and the way we were able to prove it and get it um, and, and keep the guy from being in hot water with, with my client was, you know, they showed that there was, a, a, at that exact time, on the, on the uh, Sun Pass, we were able to show that he was there, and Adamo is mm. not a toll road. So there's no way that he was on Adamo Drive and triggered... The True. sun pass charge, right? Yeah. And then, uh, then obviously, obviously, dash was, cams too would would erase that situation. And, and no red light ticket ever came in, right? That was the right. other thing. He just never got a ticket. But I mean, you're not going to wait to ream out. I got one on Adamo one time, right on uh, right on fiftieth. There you go. In it's Adamo. a hotbed. It's a hotbed for man rebel red light runners like yourself. Hundred percent. But so you have to have the standard, you have to have the policy, you have to outline consequences and have progressive discipline in place. You know, I've seen some really cool stuff too, though. I've seen some of my clients that have had um, deals where they do like a, a, a safe, like a, 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 I'm sorry, clean driver incentive. That's what I was going to ask wa- about. It wasn't is, just, is... it wasn't just like for safe driving though. It was also a, the part, a, a really good component of it was them keeping their vehicle clean. Like they had to have mm. their vehicle clean inside Dude, and yes. out. Yes, especially contractors. Oh my god, They're I've seen some. Our uh, favorite plumbing client, and <laughs> I have so Dude. many. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, right. Well, right. Um, like the inside, it was it was actually a vehicle that that was in an accident. Inside of this vehicle looked like a bomb went off. It was. I would love like, to get a CSI light, one of those black lights from CSI. Oh. Horrible. I don't know that I no. That would be bad. Just dried cheesy gordita crunch in the carpet. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. If you think about it, I've seen this all the time. These contractor vehicles are an absolute train wreck, like clipboards yeah. laying on the dashboard and everything. But that stuff can contribute to an accident. You hit totally. The brakes, I mean, you got you know, something sliding around and you're trying to grab it, and then all of a sudden you rear in somebody or whatever, right. like anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know what, people? For those of you listening, I am the hall pass monitor when it comes to interstate driving for my clients. If I'm on the interstate and I catch one of my client companies texting and driving or calling, I will immediately call dispatch or from my hands Or weaving in and out of traffic free. like a yeah. maniac. I'll call and report them 100% of the time. Why not? I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, I'm trying to make them better and I'm trying to protect my own loss ratio at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that you have to have that. But the the uh, the incentive program is good because you'll actually save yourself money by doing that. And it doesn't need to be a huge deal. But I had I had a client um, have a client that does that where it's a two hundred and fifty dollar deal a month. Like the driver, they have to check all the boxes and it's not yeah. easy to check all the boxes. Right. But if you do, you get a bonus of a t- a 250 bucks. So, I mean, that's good. I like that. I don't like I think driving you... around in a filthy truck anyhow, man. You know what I mean? I mean, the kind I of do. like some of that, some of that is you just, you're operating like pig pen, man. It's like, like, my, it's like my car. I mean, I've got, there's Cheetos laying around everywhere in the backseat, a bunch of like Cheerios, cups, all Nash's shit just laying around. Yeah. At least finally Unfortunately, cleaned it up. Yeah. The kids, the kids screw that's that up. That's a total up nightmare. For all of those. But I'm, I, I think the incentives work a lot better with the same particular client. I just mentioned I am trying to get something like that as it pertains to the general liability where they're going out and making sure that they're taking pictures and documenting everything on the front end. And it, it, it's really like it should be it should be insanely easy. It's like maybe three or four checkboxes and they've got to take some pictures of the job before and after. Like they should be doing that regardless. But it's it's hard to get these contractors to do stuff when they don't feel like it's got any impact on them. And and I, I think that the incentive way is, is the way to do that. I mean, if you're going to try to punish people, like what, like what would even a, a, a punishment be back, going back to the driving? Okay. Okay. So they, they get in an accident and they run a red light or whatever. Like what's the, what's the disciplinary action that's, that's fair. Um, most of the time you call them in and you do a verbal warning to them about yeah. their driving, address what the issue is, maybe run them through, um, one of the sort segments of, of training, yeah. One of the segments of training that pushes back um, against that, or you know, the other thing is number second time it becomes more formal. It's a written yeah. warning, you know, like, hey, look, we've discussed this, and, and keep in mind, this is not us counseling people who have caused bodily injury or property damage. We're using the information that's gained from telematics. Mm-hmm. to get this information and have these conversations. So we're trying to avoid the horrible accident from happening. This hasn't cost the company money yet. So right. the second one's a written warning, a little more forceful. The third one, we're going to can them. Mm-hmm. We're going to yeah, fire them. I mean, three strikes, period. you're out. I mean, like that, that's absurd at this point. A lot but, of places, it's two strikes and you're out that are right. real serious about it. For sure. Uh, but I, I do think that the incentive way is the, the better route. To, there's got to be disciplinary action regardless. But... If people aren't following your program and the stuff that you've put in place, I think that it's better using the incentive method to get them on track. I mean, think about like like when I was in high school as a kid, like when my parents would tell me not to do something and I was going to be grounded, like I still I still did it. <laughs> like it, well, it, and know. I think that, but that brings up a valid point because if there is not like, and that's why I think that that it's important that you have a defined keyword progressive disciplinary policy right because right. using your example i'm just going to sit here i'm smart enough to sit back and say okay i really want to go hang out with everybody at my buddy's house with all of the girls that are going to be there while his yeah. parents are going to be out of town there's going to be five kegs a dj yeah some jazz cabbage. i'm willing 
I'm willing. I'm willing to. Yeah, the devil's lettuce. I'm willing to. <laughs> I'm willing to trade that. To be grounded for a week or two. To be grounded for a week. Like, I'm quantifying, yeah, eh, grounding me for a week. I understand with good behavior and parole, I'm probably out by they Wednesday. They may not even find out, so there's a chance I could get off scot-free. Correct. Yeah, yeah. like, that's the, the, and I think that's or, the way that people think. Yeah, no, totally. But, like, you know, if it's if it's kind of flipped around the other way, you know, where you're getting some sort of incentive or reward for doing the right thing, then, then maybe it makes it worth it for you. Yeah, or if you've def- or, or you know that the definition is okay. Well, this is the second time you've done this, and now it's not that you're just going to be grounded for a week. Sure, you're you're going to be grounded for a week, and we're going to take the keys to your car, so you're not mm-hmm. able to drive it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, or whatever else. Or with mm-hmm. Ethan, dude, if you unplug the take PlayStation, take away your Roundup. We are going you take to it, no. If you take the PlayStation <laughs> out of Ethan's room, oh yeah, you would I- think that you're Satan himself going in there. <laughs> It's, it's he goes nuts. I don't even honestly. I don't even know that he plays the games. I feel like the games are in demo mode, and he just thinks he's playing them, pushing buttons because it doesn't seem like the people on the screen are corresponding with the amount of movement what that I doing. see from him. Hey man, but all Whatever I know keeps is him, keeps him entertained. You know, all I know is that on MLB the Show 2022, if Kevin Kiermeyer goes yard, the whole house knows about it. <laughs> Oh man, dude, I have not played an MLB baseball game in probably 15 years, but they used to be awesome. Like yeah. Ken Griffey's Slugfest, holy smokes. One of the best MLB games. MLB the show's a fantastic game. Big fan. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the kind of training programs you should have in place on the next episode. And I'm going to give you practical tips that can any agency can use to get this started so you don't have to spend a bunch of money. See you next week. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes